section seven of violet osborne this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. violet osborne by lady emily ponsonby volume one chapter seven no good heart is happy alone bishop hall lester said no more at the time but he had not spoken without reason he feared lest his sisters especially marian henrietta and jessie should too eagerly avail themselves of violet's good nature and his sense of dignity could not bear that they should be patronized the very feelings with which violet inspired him made him the more reluctant to place them in such a position violet however interpreted his words as a reproof for her excitable and fickle propensities and became but the more desirous by unceasing thought and kindness to prove to him that he had been mistaken too happy to find recipients for her bounty whose varied tastes and many wishes permitted its free exercise she yielded to every kindly impulse that assailed her and there was so much forethought and to use an ugly but expressive word delicacy in her attentions that it seemed to the miss lesters only natural to take what was so naturally tendered i say violet said elbert one evening when he dined alone at his uncle's i don't think lester is best pleased with you violet colored but asked lightly what now i happened to go with him to see his sisters yesterday i rather like that girl they call margaret and while we were there a box of jewels came in a present from you it appears jewels said violet angrily my dear elbert little twopenny things not worth talking about i don't know how that may be i saw a real gold bracelet not very heavy or precious i dare say but such as i should be very thankful to get for two pence and i tell you i don't think lester was pleased then people are very hard to please and i can't help it she replied quickly i am not so sure of that to tell you the truth violet i do think you make yourself rather a fool about those girls as to those trinkets elbert i really could not help giving them jessie lester stood in mute admiration over some sham things we saw in a shop they were pretty but i told her i could not bear to wear sham trinkets she said her brother felt the same and though she did not mind she never dared to do it in the course of the conversation i discovered that they poor girls have hardly any trinkets at all but i was very discreet this happened a fortnight ago and i let a whole fortnight pass before i sent my presents they are really little twopenny things but whatever they are they are true and not sham how very correctly you speak violet said elbert dryly real gold for two pence however whatever the case may be i do not speak only of the jewels it is all very well to be attentive but things may be overdone what are you and elbert fighting about 
said mr osborne rousing himself from a doze can kindnesses be overdone papa said violet eagerly that is the question it is not a very common fault dear as the world goes he said sleepily and so i would bear it when it is found and he dozed again but i say they can be overdone violet persisted albert and i am quite sure i am right just change places and ask yourself whether you would like the miss lesters to smother you with presents that is the proper way of considering things do as you would be done by i cannot put myself in their place and therefore i cannot consider it in that light but i suppose riches are not given us to keep to ourselves would you and mr lester have been better pleased with me if i had bought the trinkets for myself i believe it to be an absolute impossibility to argue with a woman observed albert rising however clever they may be and i allow you are clever violet they have no more perception of the matter that lies before them than an infant in arms you fly off to some abstract question which has nothing to do with our discussion and which an idiot could answer good-night for i am going only remember that i am right and you are wrong and so you will find well good-night she said smiling you have made me uncomfortable though i cannot see why and that ought to be triumph enough for you my dear violet he said with a kind of parental dignity i assure you i want no triumph of that kind my wish is to see you act properly i am always sorry when i cannot approve of what you do she laughed and he left her and violet though she could not see why remained uncomfortable she was not long left in discomfort for lester who was always welcomed and was now a constant visitor at the house called late in the afternoon of the following day with violet and even with her father and mother his shyness had passed away and with something of a thoughtless thankfulness he yielded himself to the charm that was enthralling him violet saw in his face that he had something to say but she did not intend to stand on the defensive and therefore talked on common subjects leaving it to him to attack her if he thought proper at a pause he did so do you remember miss osborne a remark connected with your kindness to my sisters which i made about three weeks ago you told me not to spoil them she replied demurely i am sure i hope i have done no serious harm i trust not and yet i am anxious once again to repeat my words it is no use mr lester she said wilfully if you choose to forbid me the house you can but if i am allowed to see them i must take my pleasure he said nothing but looked dissatisfied i am sure i am very sorry she continued a little hurt by his manner that i should give pain or discomfort to anybody but i really think it is without reason it does give me pain i confess he replied to see this lavish waste and profusion of gifts i cannot but think of numbers whose bitter sorrows would be alleviated if half was bestowed on their necessity 
is that all said violet quickly then i do not mind i thought it was that you were too proud to let me give or them receive he smiled not quite easily and said i am never sure of what my motives are and i may be actuated by low ones but be that as it may i am sure it is right to wish that one in your position should learn that there may be extravagance in giving as well as in other things i speak plainly he added colouring i scarcely know why i so presume except that i think i know what some of life's trials are better than you do and if you could know she said warmly how i long to be told of those trials you would not apologize for speaking but i must say a word in my defence we are not i hope uncharitable in this house there is hardly a society in london to which we do not subscribe and we give soup twice a week and a good many things besides but i am afraid i think life would be very dry if we were only kind to the poor there is a medium in all things though some persons refuse to see it he replied smiling perhaps i should not persist in arguing this matter with you if it were not that i know at this moment of a case of sorrow beyond my powers to relieve on which a portion of what you have given my sisters would be wisely bestowed and would be received as a blessing from heaven oh mr lester and why have you not told me of it before do you not know that my life my hope my whole pleasure in life is to do good and all the warmth and kindliness of her nature sparkled in her eyes and animated her face i do know he replied with earnestness and it was for that reason i came to you i had seen this case of sorrow but a short time before your last gifts to my sisters and i resolved i would point out to you wiser and better objects for your generosity do not think i or they are ungrateful for such is far from being the case do not speak any more about gratitude she said quickly i hate the word and now tell me what is this case of sorrow an officer's wife and daughter left utterly destitute there is the small widow's pension but the sickness and death of a child have swallowed it up and much more than that i fear at this moment they are without the common necessaries of life and the widow herself is ill their destitute state was pointed out to me and i went to them but as i said their necessity is beyond my powers to relieve and their case is more suited to a woman's kindness than a man's i will go to them said violet mamma and she went across and kissed her mother you will take me to see a poor woman will you not yes dear certainly where does she live and mrs osborne roused herself eagerly it is a part of london lester said smiling to which i would not willingly send you you must be prepared for real misery and its many accompaniments but i suppose such sights are good for us all i will write the direction it was to one of the small streets near soho square i will go to-morrow violet said and i wish to-morrow was come could we meet you there mr lester and we might consider what could be done i will come here if you will allow me he replied the mother is too ill and the daughter too young and pretty to be a fit charge for me 
i am thankful to resign them into your hands i believe you are making out a romance he added smiling as he saw a peculiar look in violet's face but i assure you i am far too prosaic a person for such kind of romances do not waste your imagination upon me is the girl so very pretty violet asked with curiosity not by any means dangerously beautiful he said smiling again but certainly pretty and so fair and young and helpless looking that i shall be glad to think of her as having a kind adviser and friend any assistance i and my sisters can give you may depend on our giving but if you will accept the charge i resign it gratefully to you and i take it gratefully violet said with warmth and i hope i shall acquit myself to your satisfaction End of volume one, chapter seven.